Friday. Welcome to another episode of A Fistful of Talent. I'm your host, Jonagan Charfer, senior producer here for KUM News. And I'm here with a brand new episode. And joining me, I have the talented Chef John Berker and Chef Andrew Regis uh, from the Dusatani and Hoffaday. Hoffaday. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. You know, I, I it was a, t- a two-for-one deal. You know, I yes. you know I reached out to Chef Andrew because, you know, you're you're back and welcome back to thank Guam. Thank you. Thank you. It's very great to be back home. When I met, when I saw, because um, I follow you on Instagram, and so when I saw that you were coming um, back home, I'm like, I wonder what he's going to be up to. <laughs> so then when you, lo and behold, like a couple days after, you posted that you'd be at Dusitani, and then I heard about Chef John being at Dusitani, so Thank it's great you, yes. to have both of you in here. Great to be here. But you know, you know um, in case... The people that are listening um, aren't too familiar with the podcast. Um, a fistful of talent is is basically an opportunity to bring in, um, you know, talented artisans, um, culinary, you know, geniuses, and people that to share their journeys. You know, for a lot of people, clearly um, st- looking for inspiration. You know, especially those that are are still like young and up and coming, and they don't really know exactly what direction to go. Um, a lot of times, you know, people have the ideas in their head where, you know, I want to go try doing this and doing this, but that motivation or that encouragement that maybe they're lacking, I hope that by listening to your stories, your journeys, um, that it inspires them. So thank you for coming in and taking the time out. Pleasure's all ours. (laughs) But first and foremost, uh, maybe I wanted to kind of have you guys share a little bit of background. Um, We'll start with Chef Andrew, I guess. I mean, like I mentioned, you know, Guam boy, but um, I guess tell us a little bit about your background um, um, so people can uh, at least uh, find out a little bit more about sure, you. Sure, sure. Um, basically, my background, um, my career started back in uh, 2005. I'm an alumni of uh, the JFK Tru- and GCC Tourism Program, uh, Pro Start as well. Um, I'm also a uh, on-island Pro Start winner, as well as uh, a two-time national top 10 uh, contestant as a student as well as a mentor um, after uh, working or after the program of Pro Start I and mentorship at the Hilton under Chef Christophe Durlia, I uh, and after the Nationals came back home to Guam, uh, they offered me a job and I was working there at the Hilton for about a year to two. Um, focusing on the Islander Buffet and then after that, um, more refining my cuisine in working and transferring to Roy's restaurant. Then after Roy's, I um, I worked at Proa under the mentorship of the late and great Christopher Bajado for about four years of service for him as his front of house manager. Um, and then after that, I just thought to myself that, you know, I wanted to forward my career and there was actually more that um, I was looking for. And so that's why I made one of the biggest sacrifices in my life to um, pack my bags up and leave home and my family and my friends and move to California. And I guess you want to say, yeah, live, live that American dream. And from there, I worked in San Francisco for about a year and then I relocated down to San Diego where my career just skyrocketed from there and it but I, I, I never wanted to live on relocate to San Diego or California for good I always knew and my intentions when I left home was to come back home and my philosophies and my morals as a chef now um, and 
being, I think, at a really good spot in my career, I, I just wanted to give back to where it all started for me. And that was in the school, you know, and that was in school and the youth. And I want to be a part of the Guam uh, culinary and hospitality community and help Guam become a culinary destination. Um, I want to be a part of that movement and just for our next generation of culinarians here on the island that was, wasn't fortunate enough to study abroad like I did. Um, I want them and to know that I'm on island and whatever you want to learn, you know, come and work for us and come and work for me and Chef John and the, the, the amazing talent and chef, chef talent and cook talent and do Satani and we'll teach you. you. You know, we have all the tools to teach you and the resources. Um, they don't need to go abroad if, you know, but I do recommend that. But if they can't, it's totally fine. Like, I, I want to support them in everything that I can and in my willpower. Nice. I know, Chef John, I was uh, doing a little bit of research on you, and and um, it mentions like close to three decades of yeah, culinary expertise. But looking at looking years. at you, though, it's like three decades. I, I don't know. That. But um, right. you have such an extensive, you know, uh, an impressive resume. It's appreciate like, um, but, you know, for those that um, haven't Googled you like I right, have, right. <laughs> why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit about <laughs> yourself and what exactly brought you to Guam, too? Wow, it's an interesting story. You know, um, I grew up in this business because my father was actually in this business, so he was act actually my inspiration to get in this business. I have two older brothers who are also in the, in, in the business with, with my family, but they went into a different direction, so I actually uh, stuck into this, uh, which, I, which I'm really glad I did because this has been my passion since I was 12 years old, and um, nothing, nothing else would, would, would be satisfying more to me than to do what I do now. Um, that's why I say if you really have a dream and a vision, you just you just push yourself and you can get there. There's definitely a lot of ups and downs in, in the business, a lot of long hours, a lot of a lot of uh, different situations and scenarios that we go through. But uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, gratifying and grateful to do what you love. So I'm appreciative of that. Well, saying that, I started my career working with a French chef uh, on a summer vacation um, in one of the hotels. Uh, the French chef's name was Jean-Marie Josselin, and he let me work with him for the summertime. You know, started your career peeling potatoes and onions, uh, working your way to the, the cold side, uh, learning all aspects of dressings and, and, and salads and, and hot dishes. Uh, then moved to the, uh, the hot section and, and learned all the seafood and meats and butchery, uh, which really made me more excited because it, it, it really... I really, it really understood that I, this is really what I wanted to do. And it's, at such a young age, you don't really know until when I was around 18 is when I really, when I really realized that, that this is really for me and that I'm really going to push this forward. So I had a great opportunity working with Wolf, Wolfgang Puckett Spagos in Hollywood when he, when he just opened up his new, new, new restaurant there. It, it was an unreal experience because they were they were doing 600 packs every night. Wow! Seven days a week. You open the door at six o'clock, and the restaurant's full. It's you're not. It, it's nonstop cooking until 12:30 p.m. at night, and uh, the cuisine that that he had at the time that's what was in, and he hit the market at the right time. So he's uh, very successful. Obviously, everybody knows at, the, at, the, at this point. Uh, then, then uh, after I left uh, Wolfgang Pocket Spagos, I went to try a chef de cuisine position in Venice Beach, California, just for fun for myself to see how, how it, it worked out. It was a freestanding Italian-type restaurant. 
Um, I really enjoyed that. And then after that, I said to myself, I want to go try to open up a restaurant in Beverly Hills. So actually, me and my two brothers opened up a restaurant in Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills California on, uh, on Beverly Drive called Rustica. So we ran that for about two years. And then uh, we actually sold it at the end um, because I wanted to pursue my uh, career in hotels. Um, having a father who's been in hotels was always telling me that you should get back into the hotel business and uh, do, do, learn that experience. Mm -hmm. So I thrived on that and, and, I, and, I, and I listened to him and, and, and I pushed myself. So I went into the hotel business. And um, as, as saying that, I started to, uh, prior to that, after my restaurant, I said to myself, oh, I need a change. So I actually moved to Singapore. Wow. I packed my bags. I had two suitcases, $800 in my pocket, and I left. I've never been to Singapore. I've never been to Asia before. I never even have ever seen the hotel that I was going to be at. I've never met anyone from there. But I just said, you know what? This is what I got to do. So as I, as I did all this, arrived in Singapore, met my food and beverage director, brought me to my condo. The following day, I was working in the, in the, in the, in the Raffles International uh, company in Singapore and uh, grew my career with Raffles International for almost 10 years. Um, it was an amazing experience. I remember the day I left United States, I was watching the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And then the morning of Singapore, I was watching people do Tai Chi at <laughs> my house. <laughs> so I was, uh, was quite amazed. Um, having the experience at Raffles International really, really uh, took another level for me because it's a five-star property, mm -hmm. very unique hotel. And then um, the relationship that we built with the Raffles was... I was going to be their executive chef to do openings for their, for their new hotels up and coming. Uh, they had a few brands called the Merchant Court Hotel. Uh, it was a new brand that was going to be opened in Sydney, Australia. Uh, 361 rooms and seven outlets. So actually they sent me over there as the opening chef to run that hotel and, and, and open it. Uh, prior to that, uh, I also was executive chef at Hotel Viarsat in Hamburg mm -hmm. in Germany. That was a five-star hotel. Beautiful place, Hamburg. Um, had a Michelin star restaurant in the hotel. Uh, fantastic uh, experience. And uh, never, never regret, regret anything I did. Um, moving around is, is my education. Yeah. I, think, I think the one thing I, I, I would like to tell everybody, if you have the opportunity to travel, to other countries, you will learn so much in this oh, business. Definitely. So much cuisine, uh, so many different cultures, and, and, and how you adapt with certain scenarios to, to, to better yourself in, in your own position. That's, that's really key. Um, I've known people uh, who, who stayed in the same place for many years. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they make the same chicken every, every, every time they present a plate, etc. So being saying said more experience the more knowledge you have to get out there and, and, and see things it's better for yourself um, and then after my my experience in in Southeast Asia which was almost 15 years mm -hmm. with Ravels I, I went back to uh, San Diego where Andrew was I was executive chef for the Inn at Rancho Santa Fe in, in Rancho Santa Fe California it's a small boutique hotel with uh, with high-end luxury villas lots of weddings very beautiful property. Um, seven and a half years I was there. Met a lot of great people, mm -hmm. great place to work, 
I'm sure you've been there, Andrew. <laughs> yep, I have. Exactly. Um, a lot of great people. Then uh, after that, I got together with my, with my other brothers again, and we decided we were going to open up another restaurant. So I actually moved to Sun Valley, Idaho, uh, and opened up a 250-seat restaurant with a rooftop uh, barbecue pits uh, facing the uh, ski mountain, Mount Baldy. Wow. So we were there for about uh, two years. And then uh, after that, uh, I ventured again to work with Hyatt in uh, Texas DFW. And this was a very interesting property because I wanted to get the experience of working with, with a hotel with, that has large volume. So you have different aspects. You have boutique hotels, you have, you have five-star hotels, and then you have large volume hotels. So I think that this is another advice I give everybody. You, you, need, to, you need to stir the pot a little bit. Yeah. You, you, need to, you, need, you need to see all aspects of, of, of this business to, to become better. So this property was unique in itself because it was right in the airport, 861 rooms, 120,000 square foot of meeting space. And uh, we would do functions for 3,000 people on a, on a weekly basis. Um, so, so being a part of that was, was very interesting to see how the operation is, is, is done. Um, I, I, I learned a lot, a lot from, from there. It was, it was very interesting. So uh, trying to sum this up in, in 30 years. <laughs> um, after that, uh, I came to, uh, to Guam and was executive chef for Hilton. Very great experience, great hotel. And now I have the pleasure of working with Dusatani. And uh, I feel so good working in this hotel because everybody has one goal. Mm -hmm. One goal at the Dusatani Guam is to be the best that we can be and provide exceptional service to the guests and, 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 and food. So I'm proud and honored to be a part of Dusatani in Guam. I know Dusatani, I mean, you guys are great additions to the team and, and you know, I already I could already sense like the excitement when when you know, when you posted that you were a part of the team, joining the team, and then, you know, then people are hearing that you're a part of the team. There's that excitement that's building up, like looking forward to what you guys have in store to offer um, at the hotel. Um, you know, and you were bringing up like how, you know, you've, you've been both afforded the, the opportunity to kind of, you know, move yeah. around and travel and experience. Um, you know, for you, Chef Andrew, going to um, a place that and then kind of getting, gaining your experience and everything and then eventually landing at um, a title restaurant. Yes. I mean, it was an opportunity to kind of showcase the, the cuisine that you kind of were raised with. Absolutely. And but adding kind of, you know, more of a contemporary. I mean, how to guess how was the reaction with with, um, you know, customers when they would experience experience that? It was extremely positive, you know, and when I got the gig at um, Title at Paradise Point Resort and Spa, you know, that's nestled right on the waters of Mission Bay, and this is right across SeaWorld. So, you know, and, and it's literally like a man-made island on this resort, And but when you go there, you don't feel like you're in San Diego. You literally feel like you're in an island because it's just surrounded by palm trees and coconut trees and bananas, and so, and it's, like I said, nestled on the water. So when I was appointed Chef de Cuisine, of, and I was the Chef de Cuisine, a title uh, for everybody to know, it's the fine dining outlet of of the resort and mm -hmm. it's their signature restaurant um, when I was going to do the menu change and I I guess you can say the new identity of title it it wasn't 
I didn't have to second guess myself of what type of cuisine I was going to do. When I left Guam and um, started my formal training in California, I didn't want to do Pacific Island cuisine Mm because that's where I came from. I wanted to learn Baja Mediterranean. I wanted to learn uh, California and West Coast cuisine and um, classic and modern American. Um, So after all those years and the, the training that I have of different techniques with countless amazing chef mentors this was my last I I gave myself a timeline and this was the last two years that I promised myself that I was going to be in San Diego and um, Tidal was that last restaurant that I was going to go that was going to take me home but I told myself like now after all the formal training that I have here let me see what kind of Pacific Island cuisine I can make now with all the, the styles and techniques that I've learned throughout the years in California and I wanted to do it with Pacific Island Cuisine and um, and at Tidal because it only made sense because I was on the water and I was, mm-hmm. it's just the landscape just reminded me of home. But doing that, I wanted to do it right and I wanted to do it proper. And I wanted, you know, in California, we're very ingredient-driven chefs mm-hmm. and that's that's just our cuisine. We, we don't put five sauces on one dish. You know, we make the ingredients speak for itself. Most especially, it's a seasonality thing over in California. But with that being said, I didn't want to dilute the cuisine. You know, if I was going to make Hagansuni, it was going to be with taro leaves instead of spinach, you know. Um, I made sure, like, you know, and I taught all my cooks, you know, that that my philosophies of how I feel, what red rice means to me, you know, and that if it didn't, you know, if when they made the red rice and it didn't taste the way it should, they have to make that again, you know, because I wasn't going to put up anything that was at a status quo I wanted to go above and beyond of the flavors because I'm sharing my heritage you know and it was super super important to me that it no matter how sophisticated the plate may look and or modern if my grandma were to come in there and if she were to close her eyes no matter how like I said sophisticated and modern the plate may be if she were to close her eyes and eat that it would bring her right back to her mom's own or her own. It tastes exactly like it, whether it was the Caliguin, um, the whatever dish it was, you know. And um, but I had really good response from uh, the guests and the clientele in San Diego, the locals or the tourists, because nobody else was doing uh, progressive and modern Chamorro or Pacific Island cuisine. You're either doing uh, in that caliber as well. Um, it was either new American or Baja Mediterranean cuisine. I didn't have that much people to, like, my, tar- uh, my, my competition on the market wasn't that much. It was like, you know, Roy's restaurants there um, and another restaurant that does um, casual Pacific Island cuisine, but it's a little bit diluted, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the cuisine. It's more American Pacific Island. It's not pure and um, it's not... I want to say, culturally speaking, like the cuisine wasn't like um, it wasn't authentic. Um, I didn't settle for less. Like I, if, if if somebody were to give me spinach for the Hagansuni, I would eighty six it. Like I would pull it off the menu, and just I'd rather tell the guests like, um, you know, I didn't want to settle for spinach because that's not who I am. You know, yeah. if you were here for an experience, which you are, I want to give you that full dining experience because at Title, you know. It's it, that's what that's all it was. It was, um, it was a, it was a, it was. A, I was providing them with the true and genuine Hafa Day spirit and the hospitality and that dining experience, which 
they they've never they've never experienced that before. Um, but that's that that's pretty much how I got that, and that's how in title that's that was my focal point, and that's where. You know, a lot of people here, like being back, you know, of course I hang out with some friends and family and I tell them all the time, like my, I didn't cook this style when I was in Guam. You know, I wasn't cooking Chamorro food. I was, but that's at the house and stuff, but in a different caliber, like in a fine dining atmosphere and setting, I had to raise the bar. And the only way I had to do it was one, always making sure and being true to the dish. And, but also, um, not diluting what my culture is like I wouldn't if I'm going to do tomorrow food it's going to be pure and it's going to be made right and if and I'm a classically trained chef so it's like why can't I make everything from scratch you know like that's my job and so that's how all my tomorrow all my tomorrow cuisine that I've made was born in San Diego nice you know chef John when exactly did you arrive on Guam I've actually, it's about almost two years from right from another week or two. Yes. And so I know you were mentioning too, as your your travels, you know, you encourage traveling because it allows you to 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 gain like the you know techniques and, and certainly experience the culture and stuff. Yeah. So when arriving on Guam, I mean, prior to that, did you know anything about the island? No, actually, I didn't really know much about Guam at all. Very interesting when I arrived here, yeah, and discovered Guam. <laughs> And so, you know, and then taking it in for the, you know, I know most of the time you're probably working. That's true. But, but, you know, for the time that you've been here, I mean, have you been able to experience um, the, you know, the cuisine, you know, the the local foods? Yeah, we we actually uh, had a lot of local food in our hotel. So I, I experienced the local dishes, which are very interesting, really nice flavors, a lot of coconut. Very interesting, actually. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the local flavors. Nice. Yes. I know you could, too. You guys were mentioning too about mentorship, and um, you know, and I wanted to bring that up too. Were there were there kind of um, mentors or idols that you had, you know, growing up? Obviously, you mentioned like your family. You know, you had, you know, that they were kind of in this culinary field. But I mean, people that you kind of looked up to that kind of you wanted to, in a way, emulate. And you know, push you to even go into cooking and the culinary arts more. You, you cook. Cool. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I had countless mentors, um, people that I consider as uh, my mentor, uh, a father figure as well as a mother figure to me that um, took me under my wing. Um, for starters, and first and foremost, it definitely has to be my JFK and GCC tourism uh, teacher, Mrs. Susan C. Um, if it wasn't for her, I don't think I don't know what I would I would be doing. I was like one of those rebel kids um, when I was in high school or when I was a juvenile, and, and she just told me like you know you she brought me into the class and um, I just had this natural niche to it. And she was like you know you're you're really good at doing this. Like you should just focus on this. And um, like I said, she took me under her wing and she 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 opened my road into what. Um, the restaurant industry is all about and after her it had to have been my first chef who is um a french chef christophe derlia at the hilton at the time and then after him of course it was um was christopher bajado um and then i have my one of my best friends uh that also took me under his wing benny russell campus um i met in san diego i think um 
there's only there's there there are a lot of mentors that I had there, but if I were to name like top three, it definitely would be um, my chef that I worked for for six years at um, Urban Solace, um, Chef Matt Gordon, as well as Chef Jesse Williams at Paradise Point Resort and Spa, and. Yeah, they, they they showed me a different style and a different way that my outlook in the food and beverage industry, not only just food, but also service mm-hmm. is something that they like just engraved in me, like how important and um, how important it is. And those are the people, those are like culinary giants that I look up to so much and I wouldn't be... Um, the chef that I am without their guidance, their constant, their, their consistent vigilance uh, and their mentorship. Mm-hmm. Chef John? Well, that's an interesting question um, because there's, there's, there's so many mentors out there. There's so much different types of cuisine. Um, I think, well, obviously, Jean-Marie Jocelyn was a big inspiration to me because he was my first chef that actually I worked with uh, since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I just liked his technique and style and his, his French classical cooking techniques that really, really... He was all about food. It was all about cooking. There was no... Nothing would ever leave the kitchen until it was immaculate and perfect. And, and having that in, in my mind, even today, it's, it's, it still sticks to me. Um, how how the food was presented and, and how he would carry himself as a chef. It's always very inspiring. And also... As I said earlier, Wolfgang Puck uh, was a big inspiration to me because of his success, his success now in, 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 in this time and all the restaurants that he has and cafes and his frozen food line and et cetera. Um, just working directly with him on a daily basis uh, and, and going through all his, his parties at Spago's and the Oscar dinners and, and having him uh, you know, walk around and do his thing and his magic <laughs> was, was inspiring. You know, and, and, you know, um, I, I wanted to get into, you know, as part of, you know, Dusatani's team, I guess, what you will be, what can we expect from you? What exactly will you be doing at Dusatani? Well, at Aqua, there are, um, as we speak, there is uh, um, a menu revamp in the works at the moment. Um, but I want to offer locals as well as tourists and all our clientele is something that's fresh and brand new to the eyes and the palate. It's everything that um, I pretty much work for out in California. You know, I, I think I know for a fact I shouldn't be doing cuisines that I haven't done and it's not my specialty, you know. So I think having a focal point on just the cuisine that I, I honed on is what I'm going to be trying to offer, and that's regional Baja Mediterranean and mostly cuisine from the northern side of Mexico because San Diego is literally like 15 minutes from the border, and I spend a lot of time in Mexico, mostly in Tijuana. And, um, I, of course, I'm going to showcase my Pacific Island cuisine there. And I think the other concept that I've been working on for Aqua is... West Coast cuisine, it's going to, you know, I think every culture is very regional in regards to their food. Um, I want to focus on West Coast and regional cuisine all the way up from 
Washington down to California and just be those three being the focal points and just a rotating menu. Um, that's my specialties and those are my traits and my strengths. And so there's no there's no point, like I said, to do something that I haven't done before. This is what I know and this is what I know really good and and this is what I trained for to do and I, I push myself to learn. So and just bringing my team together at Aqua and you know letting them know that I'm here for them and if they have any questions comments concerns to bring it up if it were to arise mm -hmm. but also just to believe in me and a lot of them you know do like they've done their research on me and who the next chef of aqua was going to be so they're really stoked on um me being home and they're so excited of what I'm going to bring to the table and what we're all about to do for Guam and Aqua as well and produce it. And Chef John? Well, yes. Well, <laughs> I'm uh, actually executive chef, so I'm here to support everybody in the, in, in, in the culinary and, and service, etc., to, to be the best that we can be and to bring as much as I can to the table uh, as far as cuisine and support. Um, I think uh, being at the Dusitani in Guam, we have all the capabilities to be the best and continue to thrive and bring in a lot of new things that we don't have here in Guam uh, that, that, that's actually in the, in the works right now. Nice, nice. Yep. And, you know, I was mentioning at the beginning about how the, the podcast is, you know, is intended to kind of motivate and inspire. You know, so, you know, people that are listening, obviously, GCC has a, a really thriving uh, pro start yes. um, program. And, and, you know, you see a lot of these young and up and coming chefs. I guess mm -hmm. what advice would you give them seeing that you both have had these you know, really great careers. I guess what kind of advice would you give to them? Because obviously it's not, it's not a smooth journey. No, I know there's all. a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, you know, st starting from, you know, from the very bottom, then working your way up. Hard work yeah. is a big, you know, it's a big thing in it. So I guess what advice would you give? Because I'm sure during their, their travel or their journey, they're going to get discouraged. Right. I guess, what can you say to kind of like, to have um, them trudge through? Well, for me, most especially to the um, the younger culinarians that are, are aspiring culinarians, um, honestly, you just have to dedicate and, and sacrifice a lot. Like, uh, in going into this industry, there's a lot of um, competition in it. And... And competition, not as, like, competing in cooking, but, like, it's a very... Honestly, it's a very cutthroat kind of um, career. You know, everybody's trying to get to the top, but don't forget that you need to hone on to the craft of and the fundamentals of what cooking is, focusing on technique and flavors. And eventually, you know, you're going to be... I always look at it as... Um, I always put the metaphor into, like, music or as, as being a band, you know? Like, if you're a line cook and and you're cooking for another chef who made the menu, you're singing, you're a cover band pretty much. You're, that's not your song, you know, that's somebody else's. But even though you're a cover band, you still have to, you know, play the music mm -hmm. right, you know, and you still gotta focus on, you know, all aspects of it until you finally become a chef. And then that's when you're gonna be playing your originals and playing your hits and singing your song. So before you get there, it's a super long and intense journey to get to where you wanna be. And I'm still figuring that out for myself as well. Um, 
I am a forever student in this journey in the uh, F&B industry. Um, but you just got to be very humble about it as well. Uh, humbleness will take you very, very far. Opportunities don't always knock on your door. You have to go out there and get it. But when it do, when it does knock on your door, do not hesitate to like, you know, with open wide, uh, with arms wide open, like take it, because it might not ever come back to you. I've done a lot of, I've done so many things in San Diego or California that. I had no intentions or ever thought that I would ever do. Um, winning countless like competitions amongst great chefs in San Diego, um, competing in the Food Network twice, you know, and also my last competition being Pro Start, like being honored to asked been asked and honored to mentor a California or San Diego high school in Pro Start and before coming home I them to bring me back to nationals where I once was as team Guam but now we're team California so that being said obviously we won the on state competition with my mentorship with my students but for them to bring me back there, you know, it was just so surreal. Like I can actually say, holy cow, I I climbed that mountain and I just, I did it and I can finally go back down. And I got, it was a full, it was a humbling and full circle for me. Like everything that I started at, I got to go there, but as a chef now and a mentor, um, but it, it wasn't a bed of roses for me. You know, like you, I, I worked really, really hard. This wasn't given to me in a silver platter. I worked really hard for this, and I sacrificed a lot. I wanted to go home. I called my parents like almost every day, like, please bring me back home. I can't do this. But as long as you have the backing support from friends and your family, which, thank God, they know like I have that. That always made me keep going and remembering why you're in this industry. You have to you have to sacrifice and dedicate yourself and food and beverage industry is not my passion the food and beverage industry is my religion and if you look at it like that um you're gonna go above and beyond so just dedication and hard work and humbleness nice John. yeah i think uh i mean andrew said a lot there um the way i look at it is if you love what you do, it's really not hard. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you love what you do and you're passionate about it, it's going to come easy. Um, in this business, you have to be open-minded. You have to take criticism well. You have to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Because if you're learning your way, way up in the ranks and, you, and, and you're very sensitive and you, and you take it personal, you, you're never going to get anywhere. You really have to open up your mind and, 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 and tell, your, tell yourself, this is really what I want to do. And if it's what you really want to do, that's why you're here. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not what you really want to do, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Because my brother once, um, he went to, into law school. It wasn't really what he wanted to do. But actually, he got out of law school because he always told me, hey, John, you're lucky that you like to do what you want to do. And then he finally found his passion. But um, that's a really big advice for me. And um, I'll give you one example. I told myself one day I want to write a cookbook. So actually I wrote one. I finally wrote my cookbook, published it, 
and um, nothing's impossible. Um, when I first was starting in this business, I would go to the bookstores and, and, and look at different cookbooks, mm -hmm. but there wouldn't be a lot of pictures in there, so I wouldn't really know what this book was all about. So I told myself, one day, I want to make a cookbook where you see recipe, picture, picture, recipe, etc. through the whole book. So just wanted to let you know, anything is possible. Put your mind to it. You love what you do. The world is yours. If somebody opens a door for you, then you're the one who needs to, to go through that door and make it happen. You, you can have people open the door for you and fail, but that's, once you have that door open, it's up to you whether you fail or succeed. I know that, you know, in doing so many uh, podcasts, a lot of people, it, I think, tend to, to agree on the same thing, that you need to surround yourself with like-minded people. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, to, to get that support. Yeah. And then also, too, it's, you know, when the moment you wake up and you dread going to that job or yes. that profession, that's right. when you realize that, you know, hey, this is not for me. This I, is what I, I just want to say something. When I work, I don't feel like it's work to me mm -hmm. because I love it so much. Mm -hmm. I don't. I at this point in my life, if it's 15 hours a day, 17 17 hours a day, seven days a week, I'm okay with it. Yep, that's that's what I love. And then I think with that passion that you have and everything, it shows through the food, obviously. And then you know, yes. like how they, you know, when they're like, oh, he has so much passion, they just just taste, you know, just by tasting the thing. And I, I guess it, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then if you feel it, then everybody else feels it. Yeah. So that everybody on your team feels it and yeah. everybody has one goal. And yeah. It shows in your work. But, in yes. work. but see, the, the, the funny thing about it is like for us to, to, to put in 15 hours a day for that one dish for that you're going to mm -hmm. just eat it and it's gone in two seconds but that that satisfaction of somebody being like mm -hmm. oh my god this tastes like my grandma's or that expression that wow. they have in their face it's mm -hmm. it's a, it's, a, it's such a reward for chefs and cooks to see them like it's to me it's really better than a paycheck it, mm -hmm. i i know that i did my job it, i that's that's why i came into this career mm -hmm. this is like I said, this is not my passion. This is this is what I live, breathe every day, you know, about. So I, I like to think of it like that. No matter how much work and time we're putting in this certain dish, or, um, this certain component, or just two to three seconds, that thing is gone. Yeah. But did you give that experience? Like, were you trying to tell a story through that food or that dish? Like, what were you trying to give them? And we want to provide them with an exceptional and a memorable experience, something they're going to not forget because the muscle memory is a very strong thing. So anytime they're going to eat that again, or if they ever cross paths with it again, they're going to remember us. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to remember a certain time, oh, Chef John cooked that, or that was from Chef Andrew. I never tasted something like that ever in my life. And that's very important to, to I think, you and I. Very much. For sure. Very much. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, really quickly, too, um, you know, these days, you know, you have the cooking channel, you have the Food Network, um, you know, you have all these things on, you know, you have YouTube and social media mm -hmm. and you, you have, like, all these, you know, cookbooks now. I mean, do you feel like that is... Um, and even shows like on Netflix mm -hmm. that, you know, people get in, binge watch and, and get addicted to. Do you find that this is helping 
you know, find those, those, you know, that next generation of like, you know, really inspiring people to, hey, I want to cook. I want to be part of, of, of that. Do you feel like that's... I, how I feel personally about that, that's a yes and a no. It mm-hmm. depends on what the show is. Um, if it's a show talking about um, a host who's traveling and eating food and really showcasing what that country is about, mm-hmm. and culturally speaking, in regards to the food, yes, that's a very inspiring like um, documentary or a show. Um, certain cooking competition shows are very inspiring for young culinarians but the ones that focus a lot on like the bells and the whistles is something that I'm kind of opposed on I don't I really don't watch Food Network um, so it was such a it was a really weird feeling when they wanted me to compete on it you know <laughs> I say, like, Wait a minute, I, you I, honestly I've only watched my episode <laughs> one time and it's like it's been five years ago you know um, but I think and the reason why I'm opposed and not really fond of those type of cooking shows is because I think they're in my eyes and, and I, I would look at I looked at this as a cook as well so for the cooks out there listening like it's not we are not rock stars mm-hmm. you know it's not about the bells and the whistles this is a craft and then it's an art because in my own eyes like I'd rather be the person who made the canvas than opposed to the person who painted on the canvas if that makes sense I really feel like this thing is all like, food and making food and in this industry it's it's, it's craft Artist, artistry don't get me wrong comes into place but first and foremost this is a craft and we are not rock stars we're just making food for people you know so for people to you know think like oh I want to be a chef because I want to be on the food network those people who are on the food network those guys are celebrity chefs but also them they work extremely hard mm-hmm. to get to where they're at and now yes now they're they are class you know classified as celebrity chefs because they have their own network but I'm pretty sure if you ask those guys like I've talked to Guy before and I've talked to Alton Brown and trying to pick their brain when we were on set and those guys had it really bad like I mean like I said if you think the island is super competitive and like forever progressing but if you go abroad try to see how fast and how competitive that area is you know like to get to where you're trying to be you gotta just even push yourself times 10 and like I said first I'm I'm 50-50 about that question you know yes it's it, it can inspire but you shouldn't be inspired for the wrong reasons though yeah like, really know what you're getting into like i said you know we're in the end of the day we're just making food for people we are the we are the working class we are not celebrities degree chef yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's just uh i mean everybody has their own perspective on it i guess Mm -hmm. some people really love it some people don't like it some people uh, the chefs that i know uh, a lot of people like to compete and some don't like to compete at all you know, it's just, I guess, where your drive is. Mm-hmm. What What's your goal? What do, you, what do you want to accomplish? Do you want to be number one in a cooking show? Then go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you want to run a marathon? You, you, you want to run it or you, or, you, or you want to run a half a marathon? It, it, it's it's every, everybody's different. Everybody has their, their direction that they want to be. So good or bad, I'm, I'm not going to really comment. Just 
it's it's up to the individual and 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 let let them feel what they like to like to do really yeah. Well, you know, we just, you know, we're just obviously scratching the surface. I would love to have you guys back again to kind of, you know, pick your brain a little bit more. Maybe after you um, have, you know, kind of settled in at Dusatani and, and see, like, check in with you guys and see how everything's going. But definitely I want to have you guys come back and, and share more of your stories because, again, between the two of you, there's a, a lot of uh um, information and, and experience and and stories that need to be shared with others to to help inspire them. But yeah, I mean, that. yeah. But thank you so much for coming in, and a big yeah. thank you to Marissa yeah. for thank for setting this all up. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, and then you know, definitely, I want you guys back. And and um, you know, for those that are listening, make sure to to subscribe to the SoundCloud or KUM Podcast Network so you can be alerted anytime a new podcast such as this um, is. Is uploaded um, but definitely I'll be bringing them back so make sure to stay tuned to that until then adios